You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. This is Dr. Heidi, your Toxic Relationship Awareness and Healing Specialist. Wow, I think spring is here, the sun is shining. I am officially out of the shoulder sling. I felt like I was let out of jail last Friday when they let me take that sling off. So now I can only do stretches. I still can't lift with it, but now I'm allowed to write and I'm allowed to eat and I'm allowed to type. So just being um, given permission to do those again, I feel like has changed my life. So I'm super thankful for that and I'm super thankful for the healing process and super thankful for all of you who have messaged me that you were thinking about me in this. Um, I know, again, it's a shoulder. It's a long ways from my heart, but um, it was a big deal for me to have to slow down. In me slowing down, I, I did some evaluation of my business because I am restructuring a few things. But one thing that I feel like I have to tell you guys is I think my favorite part of this business is meeting all of you inspirational people. Now, when I get a call and a schedule of an initial evaluation, the people that are scheduling are not feeling strong. They are not feeling inspirational. They are not even feeling like they can make it to the next day. But when I get to talk to the people on the phone during our sessions, it is amazing the strength that comes through that they don't even notice. So I got to choose a business where I get to associate with some of the strongest people I will ever meet. And I know if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, you know, Dr. Heidi seems like she's so strong. Okay, if you would have seen me 14 years ago, that is not how you would have described me. And it's me sensing the strength and sensing the need for forward motion when I talk to people on the phone. That is my favorite part of this job. So for those of you who are, who are new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Thank you for making the podcast reach all the different countries. I get to talk to people from all over the world during these sessions. And it is such an inspiration to me for one, to keep going in this job and for two, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So when you're out there listening to these and feeling like I'm talking right to you and that I've got a camera on your life because I can speak so clearly to what you're going through, just know you're just as strong as me. We just need to gear that strength in the right direction. So no more feeling like you're too weak to make it out of these situations. No more feeling like you're too weak to move forward and to, to be successful and to be happy because every single one of you has the same potential that I did when I was standing right where you are. 
So I just wanted to thank you guys because you guys are the ones that make me want to get up and do my job every day. I remember, you know, when I was in it, feeling lonely. And I was super concerned about feeling lonely if I left. And, and then I kind of realized that feeling lonely when there is no one around made way more sense to me than feeling lonely when I was in a relationship. Why was that? that when there was people around, I still felt lonely. So was it loneliness that I was really feeling or was it something different? You know, had I misread this feeling? Because there was, there was people around me when I was in my toxic relationship. And I classified the feeling that I had as loneliness. So when there's people around, was I misreading that feeling? You know, questions would cross my mind like, you know, I don't feel this way when I'm at work. I don't feel this way when I, when I get to talk to my mom on the phone. I don't feel this way when I have alone time with my kids. Heck, I don't even feel this way when I'm all by myself. So if I don't feel like this when I'm all by myself then is it, really, is it really loneliness that I'm feeling? And I know a lot of you are feeling like that. You can't really peg it as loneliness because you have people around you. So why are you feeling like you're lonely? Well, the difference between being alone and being lonely is as much as a definition. Alone is having no one present. Whereas lonely is a feeling of sadness because there is... No companionship, no supportive parties, or no frequent friends. So no doubt when you're alone a lot, it may become lonely. So it's confusing to me how loneliness creeps in when there's people around. Why is it that we feel lonely when we're in a relationship? You know what, I think that kept me there a long time because I felt like I was being ungrateful. Well, you're not alone, so it must be something that's wrong with you and something that's missing inside of you to make you feel like you're lonely when there's people around. You know, and if we think about according to those definitions I just read, frequent friends, companionship, and supportive parties. Make up the things that we seek in relationships anyway. We wouldn't seek out a relationship that didn't wasn't friendly or wasn't, you know, giving you the feeling of belonging or giving you the feeling of support. The problem is, is toxic relationships do not supply a nurturing friendship. They don't supply companionship. They don't supply support. They don't supply emotional balance, emotional well-being, the support of feeling safe. So this to me is why we feel lonely when we're in a relationship. Why I was feeling ungrateful. Because loneliness comes from not having companionship and not having supportive parties. Toxic relationships not only don't provide these, you cannot flourish in a toxic relationship with a toxic personality because not only do they not provide these, but they also destroy any relationship that you have that does provide these. And that's called isolation. To isolate is to cause a person to remain alone or apart from others. Okay, they are not only not going to provide what we need to feel safe, they are also going to keep us from getting that from other people. Emotionally abusive people use your emotions 
so that they feel in control and get what they need so that they feel secure. Loneliness can be an emotion. If they can make you feel alone, if they can make you feel lonely, it reminds them they can elicit that emotion from you, causing them to feel more control and more power, thus making them feel secure. The toxic personality also wants you to become emotionally dependent on them. It gives them more and more control if you are constantly looking to them for your emotional support. So they need to take anything and anybody that's in your life presently away so that you're not getting your companionship, your friendship, and your support from anyone else. Some of the ways that toxic people will isolate you so that they gain a whole new level of control over you. Family. What does our family provide? Our emotional support, our sense of belonging, our ties to being accepted. Family is family. Family is somebody who loves you unconditionally and is going to be there no matter what. So what does the toxic personality do? They make it very difficult for you to be around those family members that are supportive of you. You know, and depending on your situation, just flip-flop which type of toxic relationship you're in. Because these will apply whether it's a friendship, whether it's family members, whether it's a spouse, whether it's an intimate partner. They are still going to seclude the, you away from the people that support you the most. So what are some ways they try to seclude you from your family? Well, they say they don't like them or they convince you that your family doesn't like them. They may tell you that you act different around them. You change who you are when you're around them. Okay, what does family support? Everything. Family takes some of your time, they take attention. You know, you've invested in your family. You love your family. Your family makes you happy. This is where you get your support. So because they want that feeling of full emotional control over you, they have to make you feel guilty or make it difficult for you to hang out with your family. They do the same thing with your friends. They'll tell you your friends aren't good for you. You know, they're a bad influence on you. You know, these are your single friends. You're in a relationship. You shouldn't be going out with your single friends when you're in a relationship. Or they'll just flat out tell you they don't like your friends and they'll criticize them. Well, when they do this, it makes, you very makes it very difficult for you to even talk about your friends because you don't want to hear your best friends being criticized by the toxic person. These are the people who bring you joy, the people who bring you support, the people who make you laugh. But because they do take your time and energy... The toxic personality is going to make it very difficult for you to sustain the friendships that bring you joy. Our own children. If you are in a relationship um, with someone else who is not your child's father, they will make that relationship very difficult by telling you the kids are too needy, they're too entitled, you spoil them, you don't parent them well enough, they walk all over top of you, they treat me badly, they don't respect me. They'll throw out every single reason why it has it is a difficult situation hobbies and interests they'll tell you that your hobbies or interests are a waste of time or they're a waste of money or you're never going to be successful at it anyway it's stupid who invests time and energy into that type of hobby 
Pets is another example. Pets take our time. They'll say, you know, they take too much of your time. You, you have a very disorderly dog. He won't listen. He's met, he makes a mess. You know, um, he, he's unreprimandable. You know, they make it very difficult for you to feel like you have permission to have a pet. So all of these things, the family, the friends, our children, our hobbies, our interests, our pets, are all things that bring us joy. They're all things that bring us some type of support. They're all things that we have emotional connections to. They're all things that bring us happiness. They take our attention. They take our love. They take our affection. Okay? If you think about the toxic personality, they want all of that from us. The more you give these things, the less you have to give to them. And they want all of it. They want all the attention. They want all of the emotion. They want all the time. They want all of your energy. Because the more of you that they can get, the more control they have over you, the decisions you make, and how you conduct your life. So if you can relate to this, this feeling of, I've lost all my friends, I don't talk to my family, um, I feel bad for the dog, uh, I have very much tension when the kids are with us, very, very common. Uh, but why do we allow it to happen? It becomes easier for us to have conflict with those who love us unconditionally than to have conflict with the toxic personality in our life. We know they love us. We know they're going to be there to support. We know that if we quit a hobby, we can always pick it up later. If we stop doing the things we enjoy because not doing them is easier than to continue to fight to do them, we give them up. It's easier to not have to find time to spend with your family and fight the toxic personality to find that time. And normally, the people that support you kind of understand that. So piece by piece and little by little, we start giving up the things that bring us joy, that bring us happiness, that bring the support into our lives because it's easier for us to have conflict with them than it is for us to have conflict with the toxic person. So what is the end result? We rely on one person to supply us our joy, our happiness, and our emotional connection, and our support. The compassion we need, and all of these things we look to one person for, and who is that one person? The toxic person in our life. The person who's isolated us from all of the good things we've had in our life. And toxic people don't supply any of these things. They take them away from you from other people, but never offer them up themselves. So it gets taken away from you, and never gets replaced. It is now more clear why you feel lonely even when there's people around. Because we're lonely when there's no support system, when there's no emotional connection, when there's no companionship. And the whole goal of the toxic personality is to take all of that out of your life so you look directly to them for all of your support. Now, the trick with emotional abusers, an emotional abuser is someone who uses your emotions to get what they need. So if they've cut you off emotionally from everything that has been emotional in your life, all of the relationships that mean things to you, they are in full control of your emotions. You're going to look to them for acceptance. You're going to look to them for approval. You're going to look to them to help you make decisions. Stripping you of who you are is what makes sure... and. Stripping you of who you are and what makes you, you in your life 
is their goal. Because now suddenly your life is their life. They're controlling your emotions. They're making your decisions. They're criticizing when you when they want you to change something. They're never accepting no matter how much you do. They're never giving your approval because if they don't give approval and acceptance, your attention stays on them begging for that emotional support and that little piece of happiness. So it's like a dangling carrot. They take all of the good stuff away and then dangle a carrot in front of your nose like you're actually going to get it from them. So we just keep chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. Meanwhile, we've lost all our other supportive connections. This is the day that you look in the mirror and you don't recognize yourself. Because you're missing. You've been completely erased. And you're lonely. During the course of a toxic relationship, you are slowly unknowingly, methodically being erased. All for the control, power, and security of another person. If this feels like you, what I would challenge you to do, and everybody is going to be in a different position on this, I challenge you to write a description of who you were before you disappeared. Start listing the things you've given up. List the relationships you've given up. List the family members that you used to see and spend time with and talk with on the phone. I know when I was in my uh, toxic relationship, I, I learned not to talk to my mom on the phone. It just caused too much conflict. They would listen into the conversation. They would interject. They would need something in the middle of the conversation because my mom was getting my attention for two minutes. So I learned... I don't call mom unless I'm completely by myself. And that's exactly what they want. They want all of your attention all the time. They want all of your emotion all the time. They want all of your energy all the time. So start writing a list of the differences between who you were and who you are now. And see if you can track where these different things disappeared. And then start thinking about how can you get back there. I know when you're in a toxic relationship, it is difficult to find the things that bring you joy that don't cause conflict with the toxic personality. I encourage a lot of self-discovery, especially if you're one that's listening today that's already removed from the toxic relationship and you're in the stage where you're working on understanding it and you're working on figuring out where you want your life to go from here. Self-discovery. You know, in my program, self-discovery is the whole second half. Who are you? What do you want in your life? What do you don't want in your life? What are your values? What are your goals? What, do you, what is your life look like if it actually has some balance in it? What does your life look like if you, for five seconds, get to pay attention to what you need and what you want and where you want to go? I promise you, that life looks entirely different than the life that you were trained to live in a toxic relationship. Start making the lists. The more you concentrate on discovering yourself, the more you'll realize how much of yourself you lost. And, and you know, when I, when I talk to people, I was, was talking in the beginning about the initial, initial sessions that I do with people, I almost always 
give you a self-discovery assignment at the end of the first call. Even if, even if these people, even if I never talk to them again, some people that I talk to plan on working with me, you know, over, over more weeks and more sessions. Some of them really just want the initial. Well, I'm not going to let you leave without something that's going to give you some forward motion. And self-discovery exercises are the best way for you to start putting your attention back on you because you've been slowly, methodically, been erased. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at Coaching with Dr. Heidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic.